brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, January 11th, 2023. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. You can also listen to us on Apple and Google Podcast. Anywhere where you listen to podcasts, we're just about on all of those all of those avenues. You can find us there. If you like the show, share it with your friends. Get, get us out there, man. We're, we rely on you. We rely on word of mouth. And this is all for you. I am DJ, the man with the award-winning beard. I'm going to go around the room and introduce this cast of characters we have on the show. Starting with a man hailing from the Purple Haze in Cloud Nine, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window and still a retail worker, Jason. How are you tonight, sir? I'm wonderful, my friends. How are you doing? Uh, better today. Better today. Uh, last week was a little rough. I felt like crap. Um, this week feeling a little bit better. So I'm all right. Gotcha. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, the minister of truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the official shoot bear of the mindless wrestling podcast and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob, how are you? Oh, I'm good, and I'm ready to shoot, and I do have the shovel ready. To oh, it's yeah, the, the, it's gonna be it's gonna be shovel heavy tonight. I think, man, we've got some we got some big things to talk about here. Uh, last week, if you listen to the last episode, uh, the the some of the big news was uh, Mercedes Monet debuting in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That got absolutely buried by the news that Vince McMahon was pretty much staging a hostile takeover of his own company and informing the board that he was planning on coming back to work, even though the board unanimously voted, uh, now we don't need you. He pushed the issue and basically held the whole thing hostage, said, look, if you want to be part of any type of TV deal and or sale of the company, I will be a part of that or there will be no deal. And him being an 80% shareholder, um, muscled his way back in, shuffled the board around a little bit. Here we are a week later, a whole bunch of other things that have happened that we, we were going to touch base on here a little bit tonight, as well as some non-news and the way it was mishandled. And I think that's going to probably take up the, the largest part of the episode tonight. Um, but what I want to start off with here tonight is something non-wrestling related. This was a little topic I got into on Twitter yesterday Pet peeves. We've all got pet peeves. Jason swears he doesn't really have any. He tries to be a peaceful, gentle, kind <coughs> soul in the universe. Uh, I guarantee we can probably find one thing, one thing that bothers Jason to the point where it triggers him. I am a Jedi, man. Peace, calm, collected, you know. Come on. All right. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't get into those dark thoughts. That's the dark side, man. Okay, well, we're not letting the darkness creep in. This is meant to be a fun, fun little segment. You know, we're going to get into the heavy stuff here a little bit later on, but tonight I want to start off a little bit fun. I'm going to start off with Rob, and we'll just go around the room one at a time. Rob, pet peeve, and why? <clears throat> this is, Okay, well, this is a more of a historical one for me, because way back in the day when I was just a 
about a year out of college and I was still looking for some permanent gainful employment. I worked at a temp agency, so I uh, basically rode all around Bethesda, Maryland to my different temp assignments. And so I ate a lot of fast food lunches. Okay. <clears throat> and this was around, this was like 1998, 97, 98. And so this is when like the extra value meals were starting to become a thing. Right. And, you know, I wasn't trying to eat too heavy because I was, because <clears throat> look, I, I mean, I was working at temp, you know, I was doing temp assignments. The last thing I wanted to do was go back after lunch and fall asleep because I ate too much. Right. So I, so I would go to these places and I would say, okay, I'd like a hamburger and a drink. Or I'd like a chicken sandwich and a drink. I'd like the chicken nuggets and a drink. And they all said the same thing every time. You don't want the meal? Look, I spent like, if I ever write an autobi- like a biography of my life, an autobiography or whatever, I could write a whole, cha- a whole chapter entitled, Do You Want the Meal? About this time in my life. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, do you want? Like, don't don't you want the meal? No. If I wanted the meal, I would have asked for it. I want the sandwich. I want a drink. I don't want the fries. Okay. <laughs> and and I spent like about maybe like six seven months just in like a time loop every day. <laughs> it was okay. like Groundhog Day for Rob like, just like to get day. lunch. <laughs> I mean, it got to the point where, you know, where I, where I just expect, you know, you say it and then you, and you're like, okay, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. You don't want the meal? No. <laughs> or, um, you know, one time, or, or, you know, going to McDonald's where you get the, the chicken McNuggets, right? And, you know, they got six and they, well, they didn't see back in the day, they didn't have 10 back in the day. They had six and they had nine and they had 20. <clears throat> All right. And, Nine is such an odd denomination. Like, I, yeah, how do you I, go from six to nine to twenty? I, I don't know because whoever whoever made the decision to just go from nine to ten. I hope they gave that person a raise. Yeah, because but but back in the day, all right. So you had to get six, nine, or twenty. And the thing about it, okay. And again, I wasn't trying to get fries, but six nuggets and a drink wasn't enough, right? So I would go and I'm like, all right. Well, can I have two six pieces? Right, because six was like a joke. Nine was just short of being enough, which is why going from nine to ten was such a genius move, right? Because ten is enough. Nine, this this may sound crazy, but you know, nine was not enough. Ten is perfect, right? Right. That extra nugget makes a difference, pal. Yeah, but but nine wasn't enough. With the nine, that's why they give you the fries, brother. But I didn't want the fries. Okay, <laughs> I didn't want the fries because the fries and the nuggets were too much. Okay? All right, but here's a question: What's what sauce did you get? I always get barbecue, man. Yeah, their barbecue is good, but seriously, their buffalo is way underrated. I don't, I don't know that I've ever tried their <laughs> buffalo because yeah, I'm a um... dude. I will say a lot of things about McDonald's and fast food, but I'm not gonna be a critic because I eat a well, not as much as I used to, but now that I'm married. But anyway, uh. Uh, their buffalo sauce is real good. I'll have to try that. I'm a creature of habit, so I always get their honey mustard. Once in a blue moon, I'll kind of swerve a little bit and get the barbecue because I'm a fan of barbecue sauce. I had never tried their uh, their buffalo. I might have to take you up on that one day. 
Definitely do it. So I would order like so I would say, okay, can I get two six pieces? Because <laughs> well, because I mean twelve was a little bit more than twelve was a little too much, but nine wasn't enough. So I was like, can I get two six pieces? And and what did they say? You don't want the twenty piece? No, nope. I don't want twenty nuggets. Damn it. Okay. I, what, what are you trying to say about me here? Like yeah. I don't want twenty, and it would because because it would cost less. That was the thing, right? Uh, hey man, yeah, I got you. It's like hey man, like, when the shoot bear walks in, you basically just assume he wants the twenty piece, right? Yeah, he's well, he's looking to feed himself. Right, of course. <laughs> but you know, but yeah, and then but they're always like, well, it would cost less to get twenty. It's just like it, it would cost less to get the extra value meal than to get the sandwich and the drink. And as I look, damn it, I want the sandwich and I want the drink. Okay, I want two six-piece nuggets and a drink. I don't want twenty. Okay, and this went on for about eight months. I mean, and it was just ridiculous, man. And and, it just, and I, they were making me crazy. Okay, <laughs> and I mean, and I assume that a lot of times it was the same McDonald's. Or the same the same food court in Bethesda, the same McDonald's. Yes, the, the same. Okay, so wasn't it like you went to different like parts of town and maybe somebody no, who didn't no. recognize you? Right. No, it wasn't because the, these temp assignments they were all within about about a, a, a one or two mile radius in Bethesda, Maryland. Okay. It's not like I was in Bethesda on Monday and Baltimore on Tuesday and you know D.C. on Wednesday. Right? They're all <laughs> and. <clears throat> And after a while, it's just like, please, I just want the sandwich and a drink. I don't want fries. Okay, please. Oh, uh, that's funny. And yeah, that was that was 1998. That was yeah, that was a year. And you know, um, I yeah, I can write a whole chapter about that year in my life. And <laughs> but it was spent telling people, it, yeah, it, telling people that no, I don't want the fries. I just want the sandwich and a drink you you realize it's official now <clears throat> no i don't want fries is going to end up on a t-shirt yeah when, when we finally come up with some mindless wrestling podcast merch which the idea is in the pipe for those of you that are wondering the idea is in the pipe we're kicking some ideas around for t-shirts uh, no i don't want fries with that it's got to be up there for consideration yes <laughs> okay okay <laughs> we'll have to put that on the list <laughs> Jason, did you come up with a pet peeve yet, buddy? I can't. I do have one. I mean, and maybe I'll get some more inspiration. But I now this is going to be a little contradictory because I'm from Boston, oh. you know, Celtics and Patriots and everything, and we got championships falling out of our ears. And I do agree that when you're an athletic team, you are there to win the championship. Period. However, can we please stop shit talking? Everyone who doesn't win the championship and makes it just short. Can we stop shit-talking, who was it, Cincinnati? Can we stop shit-talking, like, uh, well, recent example, Boston in the finals. Obviously why it's on my mind last year. But, like, guys, it's still a freaking accomplishment to make it to the Super Bowl. It is still a freaking accomplishment to make it to the Stanley Cup finals. It's still an accomplishment yes charles barkley gets la- gets jokes and whatnot but bottom line he's still one of the greatest players of all time period end of story like stop stop it's it's okay like 
I don't understand for for a specific example and one I know very very well. The Celtics have gone uh, since Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been around since they got drafted. It's been uh, semifinals, semifinals, semifinals. Weird year. Semifinals, Eastern Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals. And then last year we're in the finals. Well, guys, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater because these guys are all, you know, 27. Yeah, that's going to be okay. Seven or eight winning seasons in a row, even if you didn't win, quote unquote, the big one. Exactly. So please, can we stop, you know, and I get it because obviously – you know, if you don't win the championship around here, especially, we're not one of these towns that like, oh, boy, it'll be our first title. You know, it's like, no, no, we want to have another parade. Let's go. But at the same time, most of the folks I uh, sports circle with can still walk away a few a few days after the finals and go, you know, that was pretty friggin' awesome still. Yeah. So, yeah, stop holding these people to God godlike standards. Yeah. Thank you. Piggybacking on that, and and I know you guys are both fans of the hometown teams. Do you find it annoying when people in your state insist that you must be a fan of the state teams? Like I, I take myself for example. I, you know, I live in Florida. I have never been particularly married to any of the Florida teams. As a kid, by default, because Tampa, the uh, the Bucks were an expansion team. All my uncles were Bucks fans. I was kind of a Bucks fan at the time. But I've never been a fan of the Miami Hurricanes, the Florida Gators, the FSU Seminoles. I could give a shit less if the Jaguars closed up shop tomorrow. Um, being that I played baseball as a kid, I was kind of a fan of the Marlins because they were the hometown team. But I've never been married to being a fan of the whole thing. I had a conversation with somebody one time and, you know, my college football teams are university of Tennessee because I lived in Tennessee when Peyton Manning was at Tennessee. And so, you know, by default, I'm a vol, but by family, most of my family is from, um, well, my dad's side of the family is from Kentucky. So I'm a university of Kentucky Wildcats fan. And then on pro sports, my mom's side of the family is from Baltimore. So we were all Orioles fans. Um, so I've never felt this, you know, even though I grew up and was born and raised in Florida, I've never felt this need to be a fan of Florida teams. And just for somebody to sit there and say, well, you're from here, you need to be a fan. I'm like, what is that? Like, is it absolutely, it, to me, it's like I mean, the worst kind of gatekeeping. It is, but it's a little different around here. I mean, I don't think anyone's really a, like a jerk about it. Like, oh man, you like, people here around here usually just do like either the Boston teams or the New York teams or wherever they're actually from. Um, Very rare do I find like someone who's born and raised in Boston who's a fan of like the Chicago Bulls, unless they were just enamored with Michael Jordan as a kid or something. But but no, I don't think you have to be married to it. Um, I'm convinced that most L.A. Lake, if you're not from L.A., you're not from (laughs) Chicago and you're not from Dallas, you're a bandwagon Cowboys, Bulls, and Lakers fan. Like, I, I know that's way off base. I know yeah. it is, but I have people in my life who I know for a goddamn fact, they're bandwagon fans. No, you're not. You're not that wrong, I'm sure. And um, I, I will say if you are one of those fans who, you know, born and raised in Boston, but you love, I don't know, the New Orleans Pelicans, at least have a thick enough skin to take a little ribbon once in a while. You right. know, that's it. I'm not going to actually be like, oh, you hate Boston? You like the Pelicans? No, Zion's awesome. The team's awesome. Great. Go have fun. But take a little ribbon. Yeah. 
I, I would say one of my pet peeves, and this is just a little thing. I'm I'm kind of a neat freak. Like I don't I'm not like one of these obsessive compulsive cleaners that you know as soon as they pick something up they have to wipe off the counter space. But I do like my space neat. I like it orderly. And one of the things that irritates me, and and the kids were horribly bad about this. I would empty the dishwasher. All the dishes in the house would be clean and somebody would grab a glass to drink some water and they would fill the glass and they would drink half a glass of water and set it on the counter and go back in their room. And then another kid would come out and do the same and fill a glass and set it down. And then the first kid would come out, look at the two glasses sitting there, forget which glass was theirs. Instead of whether rinsing it out or cleaning it, they would just grab a new glass and start drinking out of a new glass so by the end of the day, I've got six or eight glasses between two kids sitting on my countertop because some idiot couldn't remember which glass they drank out of. And rather than try and figure it out or wash one, now half the glasses in my pantry are, are in my, my cabinets are now all over my countertops again after I just cleaned the dishes. Drove me insane. Now I'm down to one kid in the house, so it's not as big a it's not as big of an issue, but still it's once in a while she, my daughter will do it. She's like Forget she took a glass out, so, well, I'll just get another glass. And I just fucking did dishes. What are we doing? Because <laughs> uh, now on the sports team thing here, it's funny because I, I grew up in between two towns that were just the opposite. Like Washington, D.C. has a lot of transplants from other, you know. So there are people who come into town. They already have their fandom settled, right? Um, there are Steeler fans here. Um, you'll see some Eagles fans. I've met like Cleveland Brown fans. Um, you know, just, you know, cause people just come from, you know, cause people move here to basically to work, you know, uh, and so there are a lot of transplants and then Baltimore is the opposite. Baltimore is a 100% a Homer city. Uh, like for example, like w- when the Baltimore Colts, when they moved, the NFL tried to they they tried showing you know what within the Redskins games in Baltimore because you know they were just going to just try to hey guys there's a team down there in DC 40 minutes away you can just watch them and the people in Baltimore they firmly rejected that shit they they like they refused and they, they were bitter about that that midnight move weren't they oh oh look because <laughs> I, I I went to college in Baltimore I got some friends up there and yes that was like i mean that was like basically they got put through the barbershop window that's how they feel about it (laughs) my my dad was a big baltimore colts fan and he followed him over to indy um but yeah no i get what you're saying and because they still you know people still talk about you know the night that they saw the moving trucks (laughs) getting out of dodge right um and so they just they firmly rejected you know the Washington football team and this is and remember this was when you know we were winning Super Bowls and they still were like hell no (laughs) like get that shit out of here and okay and which is funny because in DC you know we didn't have a baseball team and they showed Orioles games in DC and we down there we adopted the Orioles but you know but Baltimore wasn't having it with the Redskins (laughs) and and to the point where, and then because when they announced the expansion teams, the first one was in Charlotte, you know, North Carolina, and the people in Baltimore, they were like, okay, fine. And then when they announced the second one was in Jacksonville, they were ready to march on, you know, NFL headquarters and burn it to the ground 
Okay. <laughs> and, and that's why. Hey, I mean, after seeing the state of that team in Jacksonville after however many years, they, they probably should have marched. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, it's funny because then ultimately, look, Baltimore ultimately stole the Cleveland Browns. Right. And then when that happened, the people in Baltimore, they were just like, oh, well, that's how the game is. People get over it. <laughs> Suddenly it's okay. <laughs> oh, well, because no, they, no, they were pissed. No, because they, because, you know, they got their team taken in Baltimore. Then when, when it was the rightful time to give them an expansion team, they gave it to Jacksonville. So at that point they were like, screw this. Uh, we're going to, you know, by any means necessary, we're going to, we're going to get the next team. And so when, you know, the art model was looking to move the Browns, they made a deal with them to bring them here. And everybody here was like, oh, well, like too bad. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And, I mean, so yeah, Baltimore is a homer town. Uh, you know, the Steelers are public enemy number one. Um, and the Yankees are publicly enemy number one of the Orioles. And but DC is the opposite because again, all you got all the transplants, and then there there are a lot of cowboy fans in DC. Yeah, there's cowboy fans all over the place. I well, feel like, but there's but there's a particular history um, here as to why, ah. and it's because yeah, the, I mean, Cowboys fans and Lakers fans are like venereal disease; they just spread <laughs> everywhere. Well, but here they have an excuse. The excuse, the excuse here was that the the old Washington owner was George Preston Marshall, who was a, a flaming racist. And who was the last person to integrate his football team? And so a lot of people, like older fans in particular, they remember that shit. Yeah. And and they're like, well, fuck you, we're not rooting for this team. All right. <laughs> and you know, and they, you know, a lot of people became cowboy fan here, uh, and because of that. And yeah. All right, Jason, did yeah, you manage to come up with any other uh, pet peeves? Um. Yeah. Along with the. Uh, sports one. I had another sports one. Just a second. Uh, yeah. Can we stop with the for a million dollars? Could you score on Michael Jordan is prime with ten shots? No. No, you fucking couldn't. No, None of you could. Stop it. Stop answering these questions. Stop putting them into the universe. No. No, you cannot. Please just stop it with all. And obviously, I'm using a very extreme example. But no, you couldn't score on Marcus Smart or Damian Lillard or any of these guys either. And no, I couldn't score on the worst player in the NBA with two broken legs. You couldn't cover Gronk. You couldn't sack Tom. <clears throat> I'm sorry. How he's still gonna avoid you. He's still no. Just stop it. Stop all the normies trying to be like, oh, I could definitely be a super athlete. No, you can't. Stop it. Well, they, they had a remember they had pros versus Joes. Uh, Dude, I, re- I remember this. And, no, and, no, 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 no. I got an even better one for you. We have a show. We had a show. What was Scal's, Scal's show called? Brian Scalabrini. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Man, on the Boston Celtics 2018, he did not play one single solitary minute. He was a DMP the entire playoffs. You know, he, he got up there on the, the podium. And he had his finals hat on, and he was like, yeah, I didn't play right now, but in five years, I'm going to tell people I played. In 10 years, I could probably tell people I started. And in 20 years, I'm going to tell people I won the MVP. And you know what? I'm still a goddamn NBA champion, and none of y'all can do anything about it. Years later after he retired, and I'm talking 12th man, 
after the Celtics went on a couple more teams and then he was out of the league. He had a show where he had 12 episodes and he was not against Joes. He was against former Division One guys who didn't, or Division Two or Division One who didn't make the leap. Or like as close to definitely not normal, definitely very talented athletes. And he would, and keep in mind, they were two or three years or maybe even four years removed from their prime. And this like three, four, five years out of the league. And he would embarrass these folks, embarrass them. And he would put them in the post. He would put them in the spin cycle. He'd just be draining shots from the outside because they absolutely can't cover him. Like, stop it with this comparing yourselves to athletes. There's a reason they make millions of dollars. There's a reason we they're on television. Yes. Right. Oh, exactly. And, um, because even look, if you play playing pickup basketball against just some guys who played Division One, even if they weren't at a big name school, right? I mean, they they'll embarrass you. They've played more hours of basketball than you even thought about. Right. I mean, because I mean, it's it's it's. That's like yeah. NBA Two K. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Pretty much, man. Pretty much. Uh, Rob, any other pet peeves? Um, not really. Uh, no, no. Right. no, nothing outside of the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, uh, uh, we're trying to steer clear of that with this segment because we got a bunch right. of other wrestling stuff to go over right. with tonight. I've got one more, and this is one that it probably is my big. This is my big trigger in life: people who can't get to work on time. And when I say on time, I don't mean your shift starts at 8 and you walk in the door at 7.59 and 59 seconds because I think those people are psychotic. Like, I can't stand walking in the door, clocking in, and going right to work. I don't understand it. Oh, like, on. me, I've got to get to work. I'm, I'm always like, I don't have to be to work until, like, 7.15, 7.30. I'm in the door by 7 o'clock every morning because I've got to get my cup of coffee. I've got to get my mind right. I've got to look over my schedules. I've got to take that deep breath. Before I plunge into my work day and, you know, people to me, if your shift starts at eight and you're not on the floor working by eight, it drives me insane. And and when I see people that they, they saunter in like 801, like, yo, what's up? I'm like, what do you mean? What's up? I've been working for 45 minutes. What are you doing? You know, it's so it's it's one of those things that just drives me insane. I, I do. You, are you guys like that? Do you guys show up right at? Your shift start and just immediately go right to work. No, and in fact, I mean, I absolutely, I absolutely do, but I also work alone, and I know exactly what the hell I'm doing. So, okay. I mean, most most of the time, okay. uh, and especially if if the shift is like, you know, a closing shift, like two to close or whatever. Well, yeah, I walk in at like one fifty eight. I log into my computer, I punch in, and I say, "Hi, can I help? Who's next?" Like, it's not. But I will say retail is probably a little bit different than either of your environments. Where you yeah, I'm, in, I'm in healthcare, so there, there's a bit of mental preparation you got to get exactly. into. Rob, you yeah. were going to say? Oh, because, uh, well, me, because when I went back when we used to go into the office, <laughs> uh, you know, I would, I'd be walking from the subway station. So I would need to just kind of sit down for a minute and, and kind of decompress or maybe get a cup of coffee or something. So, no, I never just immediately started but man, I had this one coworker, this guy. 
would see you walking in with food in your hand and he would still stop to ask you a question about work and be like, dude, I just got here. Okay. Do you see this in my hand? This is an egg McMuffin. This is the only thing I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not, whatever it is you're asking me about, you might as well be asking me what the weather is on Mars. Cause I'm going to give you, cause I have no freaking clue. Okay. <laughs> Like I, I will come talk to you when I am done. Okay, when I'm, when I'm, when my, you know, when I'm thinking about work, I will come talk to you. But do not stop me when I'm not even. I'm not even sitting down. You're walking in, right? And this, this guy was a lunatic because he, he would, he would call you. He'd be on the subway, and if something was on his mind about work, he'd call you at your desk from the damn subway station. Hell no. And I, and I'm like, are you crazy? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, and if then, I'm well, not on the clock, brother, don't ask me shit. Actually, I do have, I do have one more pet for you. Um, and it's, it's people who schedule late afternoon meetings. Yeah, that's because, annoying. Well, and it's not a big deal now because we're all still home. But back, I mean, back in the <clears> day, I mean, people would schedule some meeting for four o'clock. And it's like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Like, you know, and especially like when I had to, you know, pick up the kids from daycare or whatever. I mean, it was real simple. If you sent me a meeting invitation at four o'clock, th- that got returned with declined. <laughs> okay. Um, like, like if, if, you're, if, if you're not my supervisor, if you don't have some authority over me, then what is this shit? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and because one I went to, I, I got left in the middle of a meeting. Like, look, I got to go. Like yeah. I gotta pick, I gotta pick my kid up from daycare. And as anybody who's had kids in daycare know, if you are late, they charge they, you. It's, it being late for, to pick up your kids at daycare is like owing money to Jabba the Hut. It okay. is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is it that bad? Yes. It is. Yes. It actually it is. is. And even it if they is. don't charge you, they damn sure give you the stink eye when you get there. Oh, and because um, they, they, yes. oh, they yeah they charge you too in a lot of yeah. places. And again, it's like. It's like owing money to Jabba the Hutt because if you don't pay the late fee in enough time, they will tell you uh, you can't bring your kid back here until you pay. Yep. <laughs> they they actually freeze your kid in carbonite. Yes. And, and it's not like five. It's not like five or ten bucks. You know. Per, now I think one of the local places around here, it's like ten bucks a minute. Oh so yeah. So it can they, it can like, add up pretty quickly. Yeah. They, they don't ten bucks a minute. A yes. minute, brother. I'm not exaggerating. A minute. I've got two of my girls have. Kids in daycare, after care, in school, and they have to be out of work by a specific time. And if they don't get there, it's and right hand of God, it is like ten bucks a minute. And let me tell Honey, you, add it to the file. Uh, why why we're not procreating? Uh, ten minute, ten bucks a minute. If you're late picking up your kid at daycare. But here's the thing, right? It's a, it's a ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But at the same time, you un- no. At the same time, you un- you understand. You know why? Uh, Jason, I can't hear you. Sorry about it. I was talking uh, to my wife. Okay, but <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. But at the same time, I, you understand. You know why? Oh, because some it, of those because children, thirty screaming kids in there or something and, like and that. Again, so, and well, some of those children are spawn of Satan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, as as wonderful as people may be That's with kids, funny. by five thirty, six o'clock, and dealing with thirty screaming kids, oh, you're okay. like, okay, come get these kids. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. The okay. meter is is empty. Yeah. And, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I yeah, the, the the late afternoon meetings. I used to have a well. She's gone now, but our administrator at the time, she and I had a great working relationship. So I had a bit of cachet with how I could talk to her. Sometimes um, she would. I, she was forever paging me overhead into her office and DJ to my office, DJ to my office, and without fail, it'd be like four fifteen, something like that. DJ to my office, and I'd peek my head and I'm like, "Come on in here and sit down." I'm like, "Is this super important? Can it wait till tomorrow?" Because if it can, the answer is no. What, whatever it is, no, because I'm planning on getting out of here in about a half an hour, and I know that whatever we're going to talk about is going to take an hour. So the answer is no. Same thing like if I'm off the clock and you come to me with a question, before you ask, the answer to whatever you're going to ask me is no. Okay? I'm eating my lunch. I have food in my mouth and food in my hand. Walk away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, good. All right. So, DJ, DJ, do you care if I leave three hours early? All right. Go right ahead. Yeah. Go right yeah. ahead. Just write me up a PTO form and give me a reason. I don't care. Oh, because no, one of my temp assignments once, um, it was at some place, and they, for some reason, on a Friday, they wanted to have an all hands meeting in the afternoon, and the the, the temp agency hours were very strict because, you know, it was you do your eight hours and you leave. Right? Yeah. And and these people, this this people tried to drag me into some meeting for the company and I just looked at them. I did the, you know, with the LeBron at the press conference when he got up and walked away and said, do better. <laughs> I just got up and left like that. Get that quote right. Cause it's amazing. He walked out and then halfway down the aisle, he didn't even look at anyone, look straight ahead and just goes be better tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly how I walked that's out of there. That's one of my favorite alt and appropriate with the uh, journalism subject we're about to get into. Yeah. Please, I am begging everyone be better tomorrow. Yes, yes, yes. That is the 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 and a great segue into tonight's topic. Wrestling journalism needs to be better. Um, last episode, we talked about the Vince McMahon situation at great length. We gave you the timeline of events. Up until about 24 hours ago, that timeline had not shifted much. Um, the big news yesterday, 24 hours ago, uh, Stephanie McMahon stepped down in rather dubious fashion. Uh, there's some some asterisks in the air and some questions looming over that that we can kind of pick apart here in a couple minutes. But uh, I tell you what, last night, man, I okay, here we are. Vince is back on the board. Stephanie has retired. That sucks. Again, we'll talk about that. I went to bed last night at about 9.30. I'm like, I feel like crap. I felt like crap all week. I just want to get a good night's sleep. For a change, went right to sleep. My little head hit the pillow. I was feeling good about life. We'll deal with this wrestling shit when we talk about it on the podcast on Wednesday, not thinking about it on a Monday night or Tuesday night. Tuesday night is when this all, all started to hit the fan. So because I'm old and because I drink water all day, I woke up around midnight and I had to pee. Like an idiot, what do I do? I grab my phone. I have my fucking phone because I'm an idiot. And I, I see I see my friends in the Discord chat discussing some things. You know, something, something. And I do the worst possible thing. I open Twitter because whatever they're talking about has got to be on Twitter, right? And what do I see there? WWE, Vince McMahon sells to the Saudis. Okay, that's the news. This is what everybody's running with on Twitter at... 11.59 Eastern Standard Time, Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning. So I'm like, well, what the hell? So, of course, 
I sit down, I start scrolling because this is what you do. Now you're wide awake. You're like, what is this shit? How did they sell all of a sudden? They just named JP, what was it? JP Morgan yes. as a, a company that they was going to assist them in a potential sale of the company. Nowhere had it ever been confirmed that WWE was definitely selling anything, but a, a sale of the company was something that Vince had at least um, postured for in an attempt to get himself back on the board. But it's also been something that WWE has kicked around for a number of years. Vince has said for a number of years they would be open to a straight-out sale if the money was right and if it meant the right amount of, you know, if it meant the right possible future for WWE. So here I am at midnight now looking at my phone. Idiot. Complete idiot. Everybody, all the, the and I won't say the major media outlets, because we're going to talk about that in a minute, because none of the genuine media, like at Wall Street Journal, nobody legitimate is reporting this. It's all second and third hand information from the, the, the media influencers and the wrestling media sites. And so I, I just, I finally, I put my phone down. Laid down and tossed and turned for about an hour before I finally fell back to sleep. What we want to get into now is how that particular rumor got started. And Rob, because I, I know you probably know a little bit more about this than I do in terms of names and where it all started. I, what happened here? Okay. So some guy on Reddit, like, Kermit one two three five Kermit the Frog basically on Reddit, re you know, reported, you know that it was you know uh, that WWE was selling to the Saudis, and then a couple of other couple of website guys. And I'm, I don't want to name them, give them any publicity here. You know, they apparently they took the word of Kermit the Frog on Reddit, and <clears throat> and I guess maybe what somebody else maybe also told them and they ran with it and they said that it was a done deal that they were being sold to the Saudi public investment firm. All of this on a, a Tuesday night at 10 PM. Okay. Which is ridiculous. And then, you know, it got out there on, you know, it, it, <clears throat> other people started talking about it. And it became a viral thing. And then... Well, immediately the fan base latched on. And that's the yeah. problem. And that was a problem. Yes. Because, and the reason they latched on is because WWE, Saudi, and then, and then people just crafted this intricate puzzle where, well, Stephanie, well, Stephanie resigning was a tale that they were going to, well, which means the Saudi thing must be true because she resigned... Because oh, then people got started to get racist here. Oh yeah, um, you know, well because you know the Saudis don't want no woman CEO, so that's why she resigned. So that means that they must be selling to the Saudis, right? And and that and that turned into a whole thing. It has to be pointed out right there, just to pause you for a second. They literally connected three dots to to form this whole narrative. WWE has worked with the Saudis in the past. When there was talk of a sale, there were different names thrown out, Disney, Comcast, you know, a couple others. Then the Saudis entered the chat. Okay, there's dot number two. And then Stephanie re resigning the way she did was dot number three. And as Rob alluded to, 
you know, the, the Saudi government would not want a woman in a position of a CEO. Which Hang on. You, that second dot is basically conjecture and made up. Well, the, the Saudis being in the chat. Well, yes. no, they entered as a, as a potential buyer, didn't they? No, 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 they have not. No, no they have not. Okay, no. then, then the I was mistaken, and I stand corrected. See, this is internet. exactly what we're talking about. Okay, man. then yes, the, and the, the, I'm guilty that, of it. I the, fell for it. The people on the internet have been saying it. That is all there is, okay? The, the people on the age. internet have been saying it. The only names that anyone from real places like the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times and all that stuff, the only names that I've heard are Endeavor, which is a European or British broadcasting company, NBC, and Disney. That's it. And Disney's like a long That's shot. the list. I heard Comcast. I heard Comcast. Well, com- Comcast, Comcast is NBC. Yeah. Okay. See, I don't know all that shit. Okay. Yeah, that's and, okay. and that's it. <laughs> and, and Disney's a long shot now because basically – like acquiring stuff, you know, in light of the the Warner Brothers disaster and all of that, the whole acquiring big things now is just not a thing or not in favor anymore in a lot of places. Well, and in I, Disney, I, and looking at Disney, they're kind of if depending on how you're looking at this, they're kind of tapped out. <laughs> well, not only that, but they're they're playing 500 ball, which sounds good, but. In the grand scheme of acquiring things, like they spent four million on or four billion on the uh, Star Wars properties, and then for depending on your perspective, shit the bed on the sequels. Um, now some of the other properties afterwards have probably made some of that money back, but then they hit an absolute out of the park home run with the Marvel acquisition. Right. But so I'll but- tell you this though: that's the one thing about if it's WWE, if we're just playing this game, everything's done. They literally just have to start footing the bill. Hire yes. Hunter, hire um, Khan, uh, keep everybody on board, just <laughs> foot the bill. That's all you have to do. But, well, okay, but so, but again. But Star, the, Star Wars is like you're making a whole thing. You're making a park. You're making more movies. You're making TV shows. You're making this and making that. Sorry, I just want to throw that out. Okay, there. no problem. But, uh, so, yeah, but like Jason said, the, like the only real, like when you, and again, in the real the real business media, the names that have been mentioned, it's NBC Universal and and then Endeavor. Endeavor is what runs the UFC. All right. So basically and that's and that's really it. Like those are the two. Like because I mean we've mentioned people have mentioned Fox before, but they don't get mentioned no. like that. I mean now, yeah. Fox has been kind of a peripheral discussion. I don't think anybody's yeah. ever considered them as because, a, as I a mean, serious potential no, buyer. I mean, they have a good deal with SmackDown right now, but to bring the, yeah, the, I think but, they're perfectly happy with where they're at, but I right. don't see them investing any further. Right, but so that's what it is. And all these all these other names that you hear kicked around are just people on the internet. Okay, the the Saudi thing is people on the internet because they do Saudi shows. Yeah, and because it's provocative, right? And um, and any of these other names, I mean. And so that's what it is, right? And and also, I mean, there's also the possibility they may not sell at all. And like, I'm planting my flag in the dirt right now and saying at this point in time, they do not sell. They, I, I mean, think they may be posturing to sell to kind of inflate the profit margin a little bit when they go to negotiate the TV rights. I don't think they sell right now. I think I still think we are at least five years away from a sell-off. 
Well, and it may, think, it, it may never happen. It, it may, it, it, because right, when the stock price went up recently, it was not because Vince came back. It's because people were anticipating a sale, right? And um, this, this is something Eric Bischoff has talked about a good bit, like the because it's a hot property to buy because it's everything is so self-contained like jason said <coughs> excuse me because <coughs> yeah like jason said Flesh. yeah thank you everything is so self-contained like jason said all you got to do is plug it in right you don't have to you don't have to write a bunch of tv shows or write a bunch of new movies or hire movie directors and hire you don't right so it's a very self-contained thing it has a stable, consistent audience and all that stuff. So it is a very popular thing to want. It's, but you know, I mean, the cost is what is just what keeping some people away. But it is a hot thing to want to acquire. So if it's on the market, that is going to raise the sale price. That's why the, that's why the stock went up. Okay, so they may not sell at all. Okay, they may they may just be floating the idea because, like you said. The more valuable they are at the time they negotiate these new contracts, the more money they can get. Right. Because the okay, the value in the company is in the broadcast rights. That is the case, pretty much for sports franchises. Period. Okay, the value in every sports team is in the broadcast rights. Because dirty little secret between tickets and merchandise and all of that. You don't make enough money to support these big ass enterprises. Okay. If you're okay, if the Washington commanders had to rely on tickets and merchandise, they'd go out of business. Okay. Ticket prices, tickets don't get you a goddamn light up <clears throat> 10 million square foot globe at the stage of WrestleMania, and they don't get you all these LEDs and crazy stuff like they don't. that. They it's don't. It's the TV money. And, yeah. and, and again, and again, you have 32 NFL teams because you have TV money for 32 NFL teams. Okay, the Commanders have abysmal attendance the last 10 years. They don't, and the only reason they sell merch is because they change the name, and there's new merch. Okay, but they have abysmal ticket sales. They have abysmal TV ratings, and yet they're about to be sold for like five billion dollars because of the TV money, the, the NFL TV money. Okay, that's how sports. Fr- that is the value of a sports franchise, and we're going to call it WWE sports franchise for right now because. For TV purposes, it is a sports franchise. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> and it's a franchise. Just just put it that way. It's an yeah. entertainment franchise. It's yeah. a self-contained. Like the NFL, it has a built-in audiences. Or yeah, like the NFL, it has like any sports, it has a built-in loyal fan base. Yes, and then yeah. but the value the, and as well, so what I'm getting at here is the the value in WWE, the monetary value is in the TV contracts. So. If they enlisted J.P. Morgan to see to you know help start the process on possibly selling, what's going to get them the sale price is the TV broadcast right. So the TV broadcast rights are part of the deal. So you and <clears throat> negotiating that is part of negotiating any sale. So if they just got J.P. Morgan involved last week, there is no way on God's green earth that they completed a whole negotiation and sale agreement. In a week, to a foreign country. At that, yeah. Okay, that there's, that's got to go through all sorts of checks and balances. And yeah, and they don't uh, sign this at ten o'clock at night on a Tuesday. And and right, and then all this 
publicly traded company in America that's worth billions of dollars. Yes, and so that that is there's no way that is happening within a week. Okay, I'm sorry. That should have been the red flag of all red flags. Okay, because it makes no sense. And here's the problem that I'll give you. Every single one of them, and I'll, I'll do people at the top, just so we know, Sean Ross Sapp, Ryan Satin, whoever, if you've got an ear to the ground and if you've been in this as long as we have, you know that too, you fucking losers. You know that just like we do, but you did no due diligence whatsoever, and you started this firestorm. Why? Because you knew people would click on your articles and click on your stuff. And okay, that's that's the nuance. But let's be fair. And you know, our our boss here at the Chairshot Radio Network pointed this out. Sap did not one did not start the fire. Okay, didn't start it. Was not his story. Didn't break it. Um, none of the uh, the only one who they did fan the flames by a, one acknowledging it to begin with. Alvarez came out and said, "What was his quote? Monster news coming, uh, upcoming oh, or incoming?" Well, that was or, the thing. Hold on, that was the thing. Everybody all of a sudden started doing that. It started with Alvarez, and he's like, "Monster news coming." And then Denise, what's her bucket? Denise over ran it, with like, it. Oh, is like, oh my God, I'm hearing things, I'm hearing things, and not saying what it is. It, it was all this vague reporting on a non-story, and they all did it for traffic. And I know Greg's argument will be, well, but they didn't start it, they didn't say anything, they really didn't perpetuate the story. They didn't, but they did. Because and, if you're somebody like like Sean Rossat, you're Sean Rossat, you are, and, and he's got me blocked for whatever his reasons are. When he's right, we've defended him on this show. In this particular case, you have positioned yourself as this generation's answer man. You're the know-it-all guy. You're the guy in the know. And to be fair, he is. When there are releases incoming, Sean is one of the first three people to know and one of the first two to report it. When there is genuine news, Sean is one of the people on the phone. When there is a financial discussion, Sean is one of the people included in this whole discussion. Fact. Okay? He is, at least to that degree, an inside guy. If you, as the inside guy, usually the one of the first, if not three, the first five people who know something, and this story came out and you didn't hear about it, your first response should have been, I've heard nothing, this is not news, move on. That's not what he did. He treated this like a, well, we don't know anything yet, but, in parentheses, I know this will generate traffic, so I'm going to play along and see where it goes, even though I know it's bullshit. And, and this yeah. is my frustration with it. To his, on, if you look at his tweets, he's very vague. He's very, you know, I don't know. It could be done. I can't confirm anything. Blah, 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 blah. And then people are now saying, well, Sean never said it was true. Blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter. Denise works at Fightful. <clears throat> A bunch of other people work at Fightful. Sean, you're the grand poobah over it over there. Everybody else is saying it's true, and you're yeah. saying that you have no idea. Right. So either well, and the argument will be, well, the, the the public asked, and they have an obligation to at least answer it as they know it. They don't know anything. They don't know anything because there's nothing to know. You just say, I don't know. I haven't heard. End of story. Don't sit out here for clicks and views and engagements and all this other shit and try and perpetuate a story that you are 99.9% sure 
is not valid if you use an ounce of common sense, given all the criteria that we just outlined five minutes ago. There's and no way that a major multi-billion dollar sale of a huge multimedia company is going to happen in seven days to a company across the pond or to a, to a business across the pond. It is not going to happen that quick. And you know this. And, and but we perpetuate it, but we perpetuated the story, put a whole bunch of people in panic at a time, at a time when Vince McMahon just coming back has a lot of employees within that company already on edge because they don't know whether he's going to be a part of creative, whether he's going to be part of that, that process. Remember Vince McMahon over the last 40, 48, you know, 36 months has let a slew of talent go. A lot of them, Triple H just called back. William Regal being one of the most notable, he left, as Ray Cash pointed out last week, he left a really good opportunity with AEW to come back to WWE, and within a week's period of time, two weeks' period of time, the guy who fired him is suddenly back in charge. You think William Regal's not sitting on eggshells right now? And So now we've got this story that potentially a a very controversial sale has just happened where talent in-house... Talent who I might add have big spots on TV right now have moral um are, are morally at odds with a potential business deal with a Saudi with a Saudi company. They already don't participate in the 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 crown jewel and the Saudi sponsored events. So you're telling me that now the so you let this run out here and you let it become this huge thing knowing that these people are there. And there's the problem, because if the rumor started that it was NBC Universal, Fox, ESPN, well, that'd be Disney, but whatever. It would it would have been like, oh, well, that's weird. Let's look at that in the morning. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't have nearly created this firestorm. But you people know what a firestorm it would create because, yes, as Rob alluded to on Twitter, we probably do care about these people too much. That's a fact. But you know what? We do care about these people. So when you just dangle the fact that Sami Zayn, I don't know him from a hole in the wall, but I like the guy and I hope he does well. He would be in a really fucking terrible position if that occurred. And you're just putting that out there. Like, it's, ah, you know, I get my clicks. I get my money. You know, and meanwhile, he's probably reading that at 10 o'clock at night. Like, what the hell is this? What is going on? Is Not this to mention, his notifications are probably blowing up with people it's, who have the same thoughts that you and I are having right now. My God, what about Sami Zayn? What about Kevin Owens? What about these people who refuse to go over and work the Saudi shows because it is a moral conflict of interest for them? What are they thinking about right now reading this? Whether they believe in it or not, they're, obviously fans do what fans do, and suddenly 10,000 people are blowing up Sami Zayn's phone. Hey, did you hear WWE sold to the Saudis? And then on top of that, and, and there's a unique relationship between wrestling fans and wrestlers, unlike other performers. Right. Okay, because you can, you can there are a lot of wrestlers where you, you can tweet at a wrestler, and they will actually talk back to you, right? Um, and so... Who knows how many fans were in Sami Zayn's Twitter mentions saying, oh, my God, I'm so worried for you right. last night. Um, right. And these and the people, that and, and the people who run these sites, 
they know that because you know why? Because the the reason the well the reason that they do all of these things, you know, the reason you get all these rumor these stories about backstage heat and backstage politics and things like that, the reason you get all those stories is because we care so much about these people and those type of things generate traffic. And okay, because other, I mean, because there are people on there are people on football teams who hate each other, and you know what? We don't care. It if they don't get into a, like an actual fight in the locker room that gets out, or a fight on the field or something, we don't care if the wide receiver doesn't like the other wide receiver, right? Right. But you know, but I'll use you know an example from my fan say, corner of the wrestling fandom. You know, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair supposedly not being friends anymore is a traffic getter to the point where, you know, the whole, you know, Charlotte dropped a belt on the floor, on the mat in a ring. And that got turned into Watergate because why? Because these people who run these sites know that everybody was going to get crazy about it. If they, if they reported on it. Okay. When in reality, you know, you know, Charlotte, Rob, just, it, it was, Rob, you like, might want to, you might okay. want to throw in a myself included in there. Look, look, I, look, I got to work myself into a real shoot over it. I ain't, I'll admit it. Okay. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. Okay. Because, you know, because, and, you know, because a day later they were hit pieces. Right. I mean, and, and they were, and they were put out there. Why? Because they knew everybody would bite on them. Okay. And, it, and that's okay. And that's, and I won't go too far. I mean, that's, you know, that's, I won't need to, I won't go rambling on that, but basically these folks know that we care too much about these people. They know that we, that you can get traffic by just generating any type of report or story or anything that has to do with the well being or the whatever of the wrestlers themselves. And they know that by putting that stuff out there, they will get traffic, they will get hits and all of that. And the whole thing about, again, Saudi is provocative because of, you know, the just the controversial stories about the government itself. And it's a it's a it's a provocative issue for wrestling fans because it's always a topic of debate whenever time comes for them to do go back there and do another show. And so, by again, like Jason said, if, if there have been if the rumors were that they had sold NBC Universal, we would all just be like, oh, OK. I mean, that's what we thought anyway, you know. We, yeah, we'd be having a much different podcast here tonight. Yeah, and and we might not even talk. We might not even talk about it because who cares? Right. Because well, I mean, the only thing that's going to happen is well, they're going to put SmackDown on USA one night instead of on Fox. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's really all that would change. Uh, right. Really. Uh, I mean, and and uh, but you know, you thought Saudi is provocative because of all of that. Saudi is also provocative because let's be honest, a lot of folks are racist. Yeah. Um, um, and all of that. And that's why this got the contraction it did. And that's why even if like, even if you were saying to people that, that I've asked, I don't have any information. Okay. There was a step further. You could have taken it. And, and the step further would be to say that guys, this is stupid. It's not news until somebody this, reports it. Some guy off of Reddit. Reddit broke this and kermit one two three apparently well kermit one two six nine or whatever he is apparently this person has broken some other stories in the past however those stories are all contract based and this person's walking out and this person's coming in and that person that's the stuff 
that, yeah, Sean knows and Ryan knows and everybody knows because that's water cooler talk. You can get that from a janitor. You can get that from the the low-card guy that your buddy's with. You can get that from a lot of people. Yeah. You're not in the boardroom. Stop it. Yeah. Stop yeah. it. And that, that's, I, that, that's the part of the whole thing that irritates me. It's like, okay, yeah, you guys have a, a, an ear inside the door. Okay? That much is true. You've got that much of an inside. Nobody, unless you are in that boardroom, knows exactly what's going on at all times. One of the takes that I that I saw with the Saudi thing, and I think this is what really, really kind of kicked it up a notch and kicked it into full gear. People have been part of the frustration with WWE. Is it is it not me personally? This the, the, what I'm about to express are not my personal views. A lot of people frustrated with WWE content and the fact that it's catered towards a very specific type of audience and a very specific age demographic. And they're they've been pining for the the return of the free for all Wild West days of the Attitude Era, and there is some speculation that if WWE were to sell to a Saudi company, that the company would again go private. Once it goes private, you lose the board of directors, you lose your shareholders, you are not beholden, you are not a slave to that master. Okay. So now you can go back to creating pretty much whatever content you want within the allowable of the network that you're on. And this, I think, is part of what people were running with. They're like, wow, if they sell there, they, they could do whatever they wanted. And we could go back to it because I actually saw takes like that in oh, yeah. scrolling through some of the content or some of the co uh, some of the comments. It, it, one of the a lot of the takes were, wow, if they go private, they can go back to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you fucking idiots. Is that, is that what this is about? Well, like, is that really what this is about? And again, but that's a whole nother, again, that's another thing where we are, people have talked themselves into a thing. And because Vince is a crazy old man and Vince is a control freak, therefore, well, Vince must, Vince wants to take the company private so he can do whatever he wants. And to be fair, thing. that's not an unrealistic um, conclusion to come to. But okay, but then, but but you don't have any evidence of that. That is no, all, there's none. There's none. Is, it's all based on the old man is crazy. I wouldn't put it past him. Well, let's say this. Okay, Vince McMahon likes money. When did he make that company the most money? When he fucking took it public. And when yeah. and by getting TV deals. Okay. Yes. And that's the other thing because this is another thing that Eric Bischoff is you know constantly harped on. No, you, you you don't get to do what you want, regardless. You you still have to answer the network. You still have to answer the sponsors. Okay. No, you don't get to do what you want. Okay. You don't. There is no scenario, in, unless they got on like Netflix and did like a, a a twelve episode season, or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Then you could do whatever the hell you wanted. God, I would love to see a twelve episode season of The Bloodline. That'd be, oh, yeah. Sorry, that that would that would pop me. Yeah, but um, but as far as an ongoing, you know, fifty-two week television show that's going to be on a TV network, no, you do not get to do whatever you want. Okay, that that is not a thing. Okay, so there's no scenario in which you're going to sell to whoever and go do what, and so you can do whatever you want. That doesn't exist. That is not a thing. Okay, yeah, people, it's uh, not. especially in 2023. Have you guys not been paying attention to the seismic shift in social behavior 
in the last what's considered acceptable in the last five to seven years. And I'm just saying the last five to seven years as a general window, it's actually gone on longer than that. You are not going to revisit the attitude era. You're not. It's not going to happen. And like we said at the beginning, the value of the company is in the TV contracts. So you are you are not going to do anything that can mess up the TV contracts. Right. Okay. Which is why in this whole business with the sale, if you know. The main the reason for NBC Universal to buy them, one of the main reasons is because ultimately it's cheaper in the long run for them to just buy the company than to continue to pay the company except you know rights fees. Yeah. Okay. But the mon- but as it is right now, the, the monetary value of the company is in the TV rights. So you are not going to do anything with the product that's going to jeopardize the television rights. Right. So no, there's no the the do what you want on you know is not a thing. Well, it's and I don't a think a lot of these people that are pining for that don't know how many times Vince's ass got in trouble for the stuff that they did on TV. Legit. You know, how many yeah. times did the FCC come down on WWE for stuff they put on TV? Remember, they had to fire Daniel Bryan because he choked the guy with a necktie on television. Yeah. And, people, and the, the spon- somebody got so pissed about it, they fired him. Yeah. And they, well, they had to go back about you know, a month or two later and, and explain themselves. And say no, that this wasn't what you think it is, and he's okay. And and they had to go get him his job back because they had they fired him on the spot. Because there, I don't know if you remember this, Rob. There was an incident on TV, and this was I don't know whether it was uh, NWA pre WCW or the early days of World Championship Wrestling. And and my memory's a little foggy because we're going back about thirty years here now. I believe it was Terry Funk. He was a heel, and oh, he came to the ring. Over, the, the plastic, the plastic bag, bag over yeah. the head. I forget who he did it to. You it can Rick remind. Flair. He, did, he did it, Rick. He yeah. did it to Ric Flair. He put a plastic bag over Ric Flair's head in, in a, a simulated suffocating angle. The next week on TV, Terry Funk, who's the heel, had to get on TV and apologize for that whole angle. And and let's not forget that the mother of them all was when Dusty Rhodes got fired. Because they did the spot where the Road Warriors put the spike into his eye. Yeah. He got yeah. fired for that. He was he was the booker. And he got and fired. He got fired. Dusty, so, the, the Hall of Famer, the legendary Dusty Rhodes, they told him to get the hell out for booking yeah. that. Okay. So um, there's no scenario where Vince can just, quote unquote, do whatever he wants. He still has guidelines he's going to have to follow. And those guidelines are not so dissimilar from what he already has in place with a board of directors and shareholders already in place. Yeah. And so, guys, there's a whole lot of stuff here that if you sit down and think about if, if you sit down and if you really think it through, would not have made any sense. Okay. And, right. and, and the, 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 the guy on CNBC this morning was talking about it, and you just saw the disgust in his face. Oh, my God, that he even had to discuss it. Yeah. By the way, the stock price went up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, and he he, and he was, was like, it has nothing to do with this. It's because Vince is trying to sell. Yeah, and then uh, Ariel Hawani, who is a real media guy, even he, best friend he, of Nick Khan. Yeah, and he explained and he explained it in detail. And then and look, he even threw in the hey, this may, it may end up happening because I mean you do have to put the caveat in there until things are indeed final. Right. You know, I mean, if you're if you're being a responsible reporter, you do have to put the caveat in there that okay, well, this stuff I'm saying more than likely will not happen. You know, but it, it could. Yeah, but, but you don't. But you don't 
go on and on and make a big thing about this thing that has maybe a 1% chance of actually happening. And that's okay. the point. The key word there being responsible reporting, even if you didn't invent the news, even if you're not the one that dropped the news, even if you're not the one that leaked the news, as a responsible party, a media member, a journalist, if you will, you have a responsibility not to perpetuate bullshit. And this is a constant nagging problem amongst the internet journalism types. And uh, to me, I think, again, I go back to what Greg was saying, and it's like, okay, yeah, to a degree you're not wrong, but to a degree you are, because this is a common recurring theme with these guys, and this is a cumulative effect of people just being tired of it. Wrestling media has got to hold itself to a better standard. And we have a bunch of young guns out there who are just getting their career started in wrestling media, who are learning a bunch of bad habits off the wrong people. And now is the time to practice more responsible journalism. People want news. You know, people want to know what's going on. To be fair, to be honest, I want to know what's going on with WWE. I have concerns as a fan, not only for the product that I'm watching, but for the employees of the company that I see on TV who I happen to enjoy. You know, I have concerns, and we can discuss some of that in just a minute. So, yeah, as a fan, I get it. You want to know what's going on. We 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 all, like, applauded because the, the dirty old man was finally out the door. The guy who was the cause, and I say this with some degree of sarcasm, the guy who was the cause of all WWE's problems is now out the door, okay? He's gone. The guy that caused, the guy who gave you PG programming and the guy who won't book your favorites to win and the guy who signed a deal with the Saudis to go over and do pay-per-views, like all, all these things, that guy's gone. And he gave and, Roman Reigns 17 WrestleMania made events. God bless right. you. He, he pushed Roman Reigns down our throat. He pushed Charlotte Flair down our throat. God damn it, we want Becky Lynch all the time, okay? Vince McMahon is gone. Your savior, your Lord and Savior, Triple H, and, and no disrespect to him. I love his work. I we have put him over on this podcast. He's now in charge. Stephanie, all the capability in the world to run a multi-billion dollar company is CEO. Nick Khan's in there. Nick Khan's done some good. We we are headed in the right direction, pal. And all of a sudden that got ripped away from us overnight. So I get it. As a fan, as somebody who does a podcast talking about this shit. Yes, we want news. But like Jason said last week, because Jason didn't even want to talk about this last week, because there was really nothing to talk about until there was. The last seven days have produced enough fruit for us to talk about, with Vince definitively coming back on board, with Stephanie definitively resigning, which I want to talk about in a minute. But as journalists, you guys have a responsibility to your listeners, and that responsibility is not to perpetuate nonsense. It's to report what you know. And if you don't know anything, just say that. Yeah. Well, I heard Vince is selling to the Saudis. I don't know. I haven't been told. Right now, I think it's bullshit. Until I hear more, there is no story. End of it. You don't have to go through this thread of tweets answering people, put out a blanket statement. This is what I heard. I don't know anything. Until I hear more, there's nothing to know. Because I can promise you, Sean Ross Sapp's reach is much further than Kermit12345 on Reddit. Okay? So even if Kermit12345 says, hey, Vince just sold to the Saudis, I have the exclusive right here. If Sean Ross Sapp says, no, that's bullshit, don't listen to it, it's dead. 
It's dead and done. If Brian Alvarez, Dave Meltzer says no, I don't think so. It's dead. It's done. It's buried. There may be little pocket fires that come up here and there just because there's always going to be some idiot on the Internet that believes everything they read. But if the bigger names will look at these little things and say, no, you know what, let me stamp that out now, it never becomes a thing. Because this thing reached further than I think a lot of people did because now there are genuinely people out there concerned for the, the, the jobs of their favorite people. And, and you know, we've wrapped back around to that. There's a lot you you got excited because they you Sean and Ryan and all all well Ryan actually stayed out of it as far as I saw Ryan uh, kept his nose clean on this yeah he was just like I haven't heard anything he even made a statement like he's like I hate the the vague tweets oh yeah the vague tweets yeah. he did make a statement yeah, about well, that for I got we will give all these guys credit where credit is due and I have to say again Ryan Satin really learned his lesson from the Sasha Becky. Uh, uh, Sasha Bailey like crying on the floor thing, right? And probably a little bit from Which, taking a check from WWE. For, for but, the record, I think that happened, but we can move on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was probably exaggerated. I would okay. say that. I bet there were. I bet there was some wailing, and gnashing of teeth, though. Now knowing what we know now, yeah. But, but let's back to back to topic. So, so like, yeah, you guys have the responsibility because. You guys are the the unfortunately the most reliable ones we got. So just do your due diligence. That's all we're asking. And then don't yeah. be afraid to say I don't know. Don't it's perfectly afraid. okay. It's perfectly okay. We know you don't know ninety percent of the stuff, guys. We 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 come. I come to you with that assumption. So I have more okay. respect for somebody just flat out telling me I don't know. I don't think That's it's true. Than I do for somebody sitting there trying to, well, maybe, you know, it's, it's possible that they could, because I know the Saudis are in, in, in negotiation and are part of the, like, I believe that the Saudis were part of the conversation. Okay. You guys have both corrected me on that. I fell for that. I fell for that narrative, you know, because I don't know. I know WWE has done business with them in the past. They have premium live events. They have a 10-year contract with them. So I, again, connecting the dots, it made sense to me that, hey, they would be yeah. interested in buying this thing that they've already invested in. It's an oh, easy, it's an easy it assumption makes, to make. It totally makes sense. It, like, you can just look at it all like you just laid out and just be like, yeah, okay, I can see a timeline where that happens. Right. So, yeah, it's easy to fall for that. It's these guys' job to squash that yep. as journalists. At yeah. the okay. very least, just say, I have heard nothing on this yeah. And And, and people should least. know, if anybody's going to hear, Sean Ross Sapp is going to hear. And don't leave room for nuance. Don't be right. like, well, I haven't heard anything, but I don't know. I guess it's a possibility. You just say, no, not all my sources are, are either not talking to me, and the ones that are are saying it's crap. Cool. And, and this We're is specific. On. And this particularly is something where... You have to know, you have to have a source in the boardroom. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. You know what? Um, you know, Mustafa Ali, just to throw a name out there, don't, doesn't know. Okay. You know, yeah. Seth Rollins doesn't know. Okay. There Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns does not know. There is one NXT superstar that I occasionally, once in a while, DM met with. It did not even cross my mind to ask this guy about this because. 
There is no way in hell he knows what anything of that's going on. Right. <clears throat> right. Yes. Okay. If you're not in, okay, Vince, and well, Vince doesn't even know what the hell they're going to do right now. I mean, because finally, people who had some higher sources reported that they haven't even started the process. Oh. Right. Well, Morgan just got hired a, a, two weeks ago or whatever. Not yeah. even two weeks. It was last week, dude. Last week. So, yeah, they're, exactly. They're like, we recorded on Thursday, and it may have been Thursday or Friday that word came out that J.P. Morgan was even a part of this process. So right now, they got some analysts who are up to their neck in papers right now, like reading about all the particulars of the w- of World Wrestling Entertainment. Trying yeah, they to need learn. to know what are we purchasing. All the individual revenue streams. How much has this made YouTube made in the last three months? How much has the merch made in the last six months? How much like all the analytics that you could ever think of for a billion dollar company are going all, 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 over over this stuff. Right. Now, to- the last uh, I'll mention about the actual aside from one last coda I want to do on the fallout thereafter. The last thing I'll say about this is um, I was just talking to my wife who works with the stock market on the stock market, whatnot. She is not a hootin' falutin' VP or anything like that of an investment firm, but she knows what she's talking about. I laid out the timeline of events for her, including JP Morgan and, you know, the Saudi surprise sale. And just and she's just like, all she could do is just she kept shaking her head and going, oh, man, wrestling fans. That's <laughs> all oh, she kept saying. She's like, they are something special, I guess, huh? Bless your she's, wife, because when anything financial comes up, I trust <laughs> M's. I trust M's input on it. Exactly. She's not gonna. She's not gonna be able to give you the full five year plan, but she's gonna at least outline the pieces. Yeah. And so. Guys, yeah, it's just this is way just stop well, and think. Okay. Yeah. That's the biggest thing because right. stop and think, and because. Things like this, it doesn't make sense. And that's that should be your starting point. It should be your starting point. It's something this big and with all these different tentacles and all these different places is not going to be sold in a week. Okay? Right. That should We're be talking just, months. And then might, maybe after WrestleMania, if they sell. And, if they sell, there would not be an announcement until after WrestleMania. And even, it, I mean, it's going to, you know, and... And look, they want to draw the process out because you, even if there are only two serious players, you want to at least get some more people to think they about did. it. This is yeah. how it works. You get the two companies. Okay, how much are you will? This is what negotiation is, guys. Right. Okay, yeah. how much are you willing to offer for the company? Oh well, you know, I, you go back to you know guy number. Okay, well they offered me. Five point six billion. Oh, really? Well, we'll come back at six one. Then you go back. Well, they gave me how much are you? Next thing you know, the overall value of the company is actually overinflated. So when you go back to the networks and say, "Okay, we're worth this. What can you give me for the TV deal?" And, and even if you understand that, even if you go, "Okay, I'm going to think and use my brain and understand that there are negotiations and whatnot," yes. Is there a timeline where the Saudi just came with a blank check and like for some reason the first initial offer that Vince got from NBC was six billion dollars and the initial offer he got from the Saudis was twenty billion dollars? Is there a timeline where that happens and he just takes the money and runs? Yes, 
the sale is still not complete until after WrestleMania, guys. Right. Now we're talking about going across the ocean and outside the United States of America's jurisdiction for a publicly traded company on the United States stock market. Right. There, there's so much nuance here that nobody paid attention to. Um, and and I, I want to pivot here a little bit, uh, actually a lot of bit as we steer away. We've said our piece about the, the wrestling media and how this entire ridiculous bullshit story was handled um, in imparting guys. And what's the word? What, what did, uh, what did he say when he walked away? We, we talked about this in the pre-show or earlier on oh, at the press conference. LeBron. What did LeBron say? Be better tomorrow. Be better tomorrow. You guys have an obligation to be better, and especially you young guns. As I said this before, you are in a unique position to be better than your predecessors were. Take advantage of it. Let's create a better culture for wrestling fans, for wrestling journalists, because you guys have brought this reputations on yourselves. I do not feel bad for you because you perpetuate it. And let me just add real quick. Um, okay. We we need you guys to do this because you know why? There's some real shit in this industry, and it's not going to get covered by the mainstream press because wrestling, professional wrestling, is not important enough to them to do it. Right. The sale and, of WWE is beyond that. But like, they're not going to talk about it. Like the speaking out stuff. World champion is. And and like the the speaking out stuff is what I'm thinking of here. Yeah. It didn't make its way to any mainstream outlets because professional wrestling is not that important to those people. And so we are, if you are really concerned about the victims and and potential future victims of those type of things, guess what? Wrestling media, you guys got to do it. Yeah. You you guys got to do it. Okay. Y'all got to do it. Okay. Because the bigger, the mainstream press doesn't care enough about pro wrestling to get into that. It is going to be up to you guys to dig up stuff like that. Right. So let's pivot a little bit and talk about some of the ramifications of the last week, you know, and now that we have a little bit more news, we can talk a little bit more about it. Obviously, I just wanted to do a tie a bow on the, the, the fallout that kind of happened with like in the reality that wrestling fans put themselves in last night, where suddenly WWE was owned by the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia. Um, and that, you know, of course, well, I guess I'm going to stop watching. Okay, that's fine. I understand that. Saudi Arabia is a fucked up country. No, no bones about it. That's fine. Please stop using that unless you're actually going to fucking do it. Yeah. Stop okay. saying it because you're not going to. You're right. not going to stop watching. You're not going to. Oh, and by the way, are you going to stop using Uber? And uh, are you stop gonna gonna stop buying Capcom games? And are you gonna stop going uh, stop supporting the Red Sea project? Stop! Uh, stop! Don't buy any tickets from Live Nation, please. Uh, don't get any car. Uh, car. Uh, don't fly on any Boeing jets. Don't use Facebook. Don't use a Citigroup credit card. Uh, don't use Disney. They got a four point nine eight million billion dollars million dollar stake in Disney. Uh, so no Marvel. No. Uh, no Disney. Uh, no Bank of America, switch to Citizens or something. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway, so if you use them, uh, stop going to BP Oil, stop going to JLo platforms. Oh, they bought another stake of Uber, so really stop using Uber. Stop using We. Oh, well, WeWork, that was a whole thing. Uh, let's yeah. not go there. Um, yeah, so guys, the, uh, yeah. and what's my what's one of my favorite? And sorry, this might be 
in the running for my shirt, there is no ethical consumption of capitalism. capitalism. Yes. Yes, that is one of Jason's catchphrases. If you've been hold listening on. to us, and that la one last thing on that. If it, if you really do want to take a personal stake, stake in this and say, you know what, this is a bridge too far. I don't care. That was, you know, this this case with Vince wasn't a bridge too far. When they fired this guy, when they had this speaking out thing, when the blah 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 blah, that wasn't a bridge too far. This is a bridge too far. That's fine. Go, actually do it and be gone and whatever the next thing is just be gone because you're looking for a reason you've been looking for a reason for years or you just want to be fucking miserable so yeah. just go i'm watching a show right now that i think you would really really enjoy there's a gentleman with a burberry scarf it's on wednesday nights eight o'clock tbs go check that out it's gonna oh, be well, awesome for you. But, uh, but, uh, but the guy who runs that company who did his dad do business with uh, that'd be Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we we don't talk about that. Remember? Oh, and the NFL. And the, the NFL. Those, yeah. the 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 Patriots. That's all over the NFL. discussion. Yeah. Well, like you said, <laughs> we're gonna pivot a little bit and talk about some of the ramifications okay. of the last week. Uh, primarily, I want to get your thoughts on Stephanie McMahon's announcement that she is not only like stepping away from the WWE again, uh, again, going back on a, a a a sabbatical, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but actually resigning completely from WWE, she will not have an off. She will not have an on-screen role. She will not have a backstage role. She has absolutely, at least on paper, completely severed ties with the company in a very well-written letter saying, "Thank you. I'm good. WWE's in good hands." Uh, I before we start getting into some of the nuance of that, Jason, what was your initial thought with that? Honestly, she didn't want to be there anyway. Okay. I, I, I took that. Now, when that happened and then the Saudi stuff happened, it was like, okay, is there is this a chicken and egg situation? And no, it absolutely was not. It was a, a chicken and, like, toaster situation. So um, I think the timeline of events might have been skewed because of uh, Vince's misdeeds and discover and the public discovery and the board discovery of those misdeeds and all that good stuff mm -hmm. however i do think that her becoming co-ceos with nick was never part of the plan originally and i truly do think this was a temporary gimmick a temporary deal and this was a pretty good time for her to step away nick's been nick's in control nick's got everything pretty he's got his feet wet now hunter is completely in control of you know, whatever of creative and all that good stuff. And Vince, let's just let's just pr pretend for a minute. And actually, let's live in reality for who knows if this changed. But according to everything that he put forth at the board, he is there for the TV deal. He is there for the sale, and that is it. He is not going to participate on a day-to-day -day basis. I know wrestling fans. Oh, but he's probably checking hundred and blah 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 blah. I don't care. Debate your mothers. He's yeah. here for the sale. He's here for the TV deal. I want to throw some nuance in on this discussion, and I want to give credit to Eric Bischoff and John Alba, who today went live on the Strictly Business show with the 83 Weeks podcast that uh, Eric Bischoff does. They talked I a bit about Stephanie and and one of the... Sorry, I'm going to throw D uh, John under the bus. He was one of those people who was fanning the flames last night. Oh, he absolutely, like, absolutely. He's not, he's so. not blameless in this. Um, but again, given the context of what I'm talking about, I'm going to give him credit because he brought up some good points. 
the timeline of Stephanie stepping down is dubious because when you think about when she originally stepped down, her original statement was, I want to spend more time with my family. And something Eric Bischoff said, and I found this to be true being a father, when you were a parent and you were a busy working parent, your kids are running around in diapers, you blink, and they're teenagers asking for the keys to the car. That was Eric Bischoff's exact words. And it's literally like that. I have two kids who are about to turn 18 in exactly two months. And I do not know where 18 years has gone. And sadly, as, as sad as that is to say, a lot of that time was spent working. Because as a parent, you have to work. Kids are expensive. Life is expensive. And it's getting more expensive. So you have to work. So you did. Eric was working 16, 18 hours a day running a wrestling company with two to four television shows going at the time. So I get that. I feel that. So Stephanie, again, being a very busy businesswoman, stepping away for family the first time around makes absolutely perfect sense. Her husband works in the company. Her husband is holding down the fort. She doesn't need to work. Stay at home with the kids. There's got to be an active, visible parent in the home. I get that. The stuff happens with Vince. Vince is escorted to the door. Stephanie jumps back in, takes over the CEO role. CEO role. And this is the part that I think everybody has missed out on. When she initially took over the CEO role, if I'm not mistaken, and please someone correct me if I'm wrong, that was initially listed as being temporary. She was not yes. named permanent head. That right there leaves the door open for Vince to come back at some point. Should these allegations blow over, should they bear no fruit, or should at some point he decide, hey, I'm ready to come back? Okay? So the door was already open for Vince to come. So while some of us are disappointed in the timeline of events, there shouldn't be anyone who's shocked by the fact that he's back. So he comes back. The dubious part of this whole thing is that 48 hours, 72 hours, whatever the timeline was, Stephanie puts out a, a global to the employees of WWE, hey, this is a this is an exciting time for WWE. The gang's all here. We're all back together. Everything's fine. Everything looks good. We're all good. Everything's going to be business as normal. And then she walks away. So that that kind of to me throws a cloud over the whole the whole thing. And one thing that John Alba brought up was when Vince initially sent his letter to the board, and he said, hey. I think I should come back. You guys are in the middle of getting ready to renegotiate. I need to be a part of that. It would be in your best interest. The board unanimously told him no. Okay. And this is, again, I'm pulling this from John Alba and, and Eric Bischoff. Again, want to credit both of them for having this discussion, but I want to get this panel's opinion on this whole thing. Um, so the board unanimously says, no, we don't need you. Thanks, but no thanks. On that board are both Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Now, there is the option for both of them to not vote. So if they don't vote and the rest of the board votes, it's still a unanimous decision. Right. However, the question is, did they vote and did they agree with the board on whether or not Vince should come back? And does that play a part in, okay, this is awkward. He's coming back whether we want him to or not. I think I'm just going to tap out and leave. Superficially, one can see why it looks like that. Rob, your thoughts? Uh, well, you know, I didn't think about it myself until Bischoff and uh, John Alba brought it up. That because, like most people, I assumed that they voted, <laughs> right? Um, but there is a possibility that they did not vote, uh, that they abstained. And so unanimous just means that everybody who voted voted 
yes or no or whatever. That's that's what unanimous means, right? Right. Um, and so it is possible that they abstain from voting. So therefore, again, this this kind of family drama that people are concocting again, and 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 again, and you are we are concocting it because we don't know. Right. And mm-hmm. and this is the thing. And I'm, I'm speaking as a mathematician and as a scientist here. Um, it's not even a variable; it's an unknown. You don't know, so you do not write your you do not write a conclusion when there's a big fat thing in the middle that you don't know. So here Bob. again, we we have talked ourselves into a conclusion based on speculation that that something we don't know. Dude basically said, "Back off! I'm a scientist." Yes, and, and, and <laughs> Rob I'm, just mathed all of you over the head. But that, I mean, but that, I mean, but that's what it is, right? I mean, look, I mean, in math equations, you have constants, you have variables, you have shit you don't know. Or in science, so if anyone ever doubts you, just hit him with the Peter Venkman. Back off, yes, man! Back I'm off, man! I'm a scientist. In, in, science, <laughs> in, in scientific research and scientific experiments, there's, you know, if there's something you don't know, that's exactly how you label it. You say, you know what? We don't this, this we don't know. We don't. We, we don't, don't know. know. Let's find out. That's the whole point of science. Right. right. We don't know. Let's find out. And if you do get to a point where you just have to plug something in and go, then you know what? You make note of it. You say, you know what? We couldn't close the loop on this thing, so we we guessed, right? Duct tape or whatever. We, yeah, we we we, we <laughs> took a guess, right? And it's like in was the Star Trek when they're doing a time travel thing, and you know, Mister Spock couldn't figure out the last piece of the puzzle, and Kirk said. Take a guess. Yep. And 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 that's what it was, right? And but Captain, that's illogical. That's ex- that's exactly how Battlestar Galactica basically ended. Just fucking guess, and here we go. <laughs> and right, and it's just you, you know what you you take and or when when Hanso explaining the hyperdrive to Luke, he says, no, you can't just go that way. You have to figure this shit out first, okay? <laughs> Or because you might fly into a star otherwise. Bounce right. off a supernova and that ends your trip real quick, wouldn't it, kid? Exactly. Unrelated pause. <laughs> I love the nerd references that we drop into this show <laughs> on a weekly basis. <laughs> One of the things, not only on a from a personal standpoint that I absolutely love about you guys, is that we speak the same goddamn language, whether it's wrestling or Star Wars or Ghostbusters. <laughs> Yes, I was and, and say, we just find a way to work it into the podcast. I think it's brilliant. So uh, for our young listeners, that's a little movie. Back off, man! Uh, Scientist is from Bill Murray in a little movie called Ghostbusters. If you haven't yeah. seen it, go watch it right now immediately. Yes, and um, but again, we are, you know, we get into a point in the in the where we where we don't know. Yep. Um. So hey, okay. because. And, Forget the contract stuff, like the contract. Oh, this person's going for AEW. This person's going for blah, 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 blah. We're out of our depth with that stuff, guys. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We don't and, know uh, why Stephanie stepped down. We yeah, don't. But, we can speculate, but we can have a little fun with it. But I don't know. I don't. I'm not sitting here being, you know, getting anxious about anything about it. Right. Right. If, I mean, if you're going to, and again, drawing conclusions against stuff that you don't know. And right. that's and it's okay to say I don't know. Okay, and then they put another reference in there. This isn't the old you can't do that on television show where if you say I don't know, somebody dumps green slime on your head. That's uh, not going another to happen. Another great nerd reference. 
Okay, that's and, not going to happen. If you okay, if you say I don't know, there's no bucket of green slime that's going to get poured on your head. Okay, <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's, it's one okay. of my, it's and okay. sometimes you don't need to come up with the deepest, darkest conspiracy or anything. As my wonderful co-host, the Shoot Bear, says, sometimes a banana is just a banana, and sometimes Jason beat me to it. Stephanie just wanted to go home and hang out with the kids and was just like, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. You got Hunter over there. You got Nick over there. You got Vince over there. What am I doing? I don't want to do the CFO stuff anymore. I don't want to do the charity stuff anymore. I want to go hang out with my kids. God bless you and have fun, lady. Right. We'll see you down the road. See you when we see you. Yeah. And uh, I mean. I mean, I still think that when, when Vince finally either dies in Gorilla, which I think is his plan. I've said this all along. I've said this on this show. I think Vince's plan is to die in Gorilla. That's his desire. I think the job is still Stephanie's. You, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. But um, you know what they should do once Vince sells the company? Um, because somebody else is chomping at the bit to get back into action. Let's just put Vince McMahon and Ric Flair in a ring for 60 minutes and see what happens. See who lives through it. Exactly. I got my money on Vince, not just uh, yeah. Money's money's on Vince, but Rick got a bad ticker. Well, <laughs> yeah. even even all things created equal, I think. I don't know. I think Vince takes them. So you yeah. you want you want to drive both of their daughters to day drinking there, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now imagine the conversations they may have had over over their crazy fathers. Right. That's a that's a podcast I would listen to. Yeah, um, Stephanie McMahon and Ashley Flair in a podcast talking about about their dads would be that's that's money waiting to be printed right there, buddy. In a wine in one of their wine cellars. In one of their wine cellars, absolutely. Let's just keep adding on to the (laughs) adding out of the package here. Yeah, yeah, Um, but but um, like we don't know. Like I said, like I said, sometimes a banana is just a banana. And to make another reference, to quote the the you know Doctor House, the simplest explanation is usually right. Yep. Okay. Razor. So okay. While um, we're on the subject of Stephanie, let's pivot slightly further and go to Triple H because when I think of this whole situation, this whole scenario, everything going on, and a lot of the question marks and concerns that fans have with Vince. Is he just coming in for the business side? Is he ju- is he coming back to take back what was his, you know, 10 months ago and be right, put in position himself right back in creative and right back where he was before he left? The last guy on the planet I would want to be right now is Triple H. Imagine the texts and phone calls that guy's having to field right now of the people that are concerned with. Like, like, like you said, the aforementioned William Regal, a guy who left a great opportunity at AEW to come back and work at home. And it hasn't even officially started work yet, as far as I know. And now Vince is back. I'm sure these guys have got to be taking pause. You've got uh, Rob, what's your guy, Jonah? Yeah, he just Bronson Reed yeah. just started back up. This was somebody who Vince never even got a chance, gave a chance on the roster. Got to be looking at things going, oh, crap, what now? Yeah, Same thing with Hit Row. Hit Row barely even got introduced to the main roster, and they let them go. Dexter Loomis never even got out of NXT. He never even got a tryout. At least Jonah got a tryout. Yeah. Dexter Loomis was just released. Same thing with, uh, what was it, uh, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai. All of these people barely even got, like, 
a cup of coffee on the main roster and they were released. Now they're back. Some of these people have got to be looking at Hunter like, okay, pal, what's the deal? Do we need to do, do we need to be thinking about, you know, two to four months from now, not being here. That's the last, like I said, taking in context, everything that we think, think underscore underline italics, highlight in yellow. Think we know. Do you think that that's a concern for some of these workers? Uh, yes. And if there look, if there is a real thing to speculate over with this, it's that. Okay. Because yes, um, those people have definitely have right to be concerned, worried. I mean, some of those people, you know, like Johnny Gargano, he, he said point blank that, you know, he signed, he ultimately decided to sign with WWE, you know, once he heard Hunter was in charge. Yeah. Because, you know, he hadn't, he was free. He wasn't under contract to anybody. And Hunter coming back basically is what decided it for him. Um, Jonah, you know, Bronson Reed was, had a great run. He was putting together New Japan. Um, he, he had options, right? I mean, Hunter called him to come back or he could have stayed in New Japan. And I mean, he's from, I think, New Zealand or Australia. So he's New I mean, Zealand, I believe. So he's, I mean, he's out of country either way. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, it's not like, you know, so either way, he's not in his home country. So it was, you know, come back to America or stay in Japan. He was doing really good in New Japan. He had a really good thing going there. Um, he made a decision to come back to WWE. Um, there were other people, you know, um, you know, EO Shirai could have gone back to stardom, right? Um, yeah, she was at the tail end of her, uh, her contract. She, yeah, I think her contract was up, I think. And <clears throat> yeah, she didn't, or she didn't resign or something. And, um, but she could have gone back to stardom, you know, because, um, you know, Kyrie Sane is, went, did that a couple of years ago. EO was a big deal in stardom. She could have gone back to stardom. Okay. And, but she chose to come on board. Basically, because Hunter called her. And, I mean, there are other people like that. And then there are other people who hadn't gotten signed anywhere and were still, you know, hoping to catch back on somewhere who came like Tegan Knox, like Hit Row. Um, yeah, they, they all have they all have good reason to be concerned right now because they were all let go by Vince McMahon. And like, like DJ said, a lot of them were let go without even getting in, any real shot to do anything. Um, and so with him back, you know, if he takes over creative again, then if he didn't want you before, good chance he didn't want you now. Well, let's back off from the creative aspect. Vince just being in charge of the company, he still has a say. He can always look at that roster and say, okay, we're over. Because again, let's let's play along. A lot of those cuts were under the guise of financial cutbacks. Right. He can very yeah. well look at the books again and say, okay, we're over budget by six million and say okay let me see the list. he didn't have to be head of creative to right. start cutting the roster again and that's the part that i don't well, think people are thinking about i mean that that's what happened the last time there were huge ones i mean they cut alistair black right in the middle of a promo of a program they yeah. cut people right in the middle of their programs because it was when nick first got there and yeah. he was looking at the balance sheet and he was going ah 
Well, you know, remember, but well, like I said before, uh, I think I think Vince just wanted to fire some people. Well, um, and that was it. And, and we, we again credit to Ray Cash who we had on here. Uh, Nick Khan ended up being kind of the fall guy with a lot of that. And I know there was probably he is there to look at the books and say, okay, are we financially making sense here? But at the end of the day, if Vince is looking to cut cut budget. The first thing any CEO, anybody does, the first thing they look at is your labor budget. Your labor budget is the most expensive. It's the most expensive part of your budget. So if you're looking to make cuts, any that's why they call them axe men. They come in, these people, and not that Vince came in, he was already there. But people come in, new CEOs, new administration, they look at the first thing they look at is payroll. And they're like, okay, we've got a $200,000 payroll and I need it to be $125,000. What are they going to do? Right. You know, well, they're going to cut someone, unfortunately. And that's what happened in this case. You know, at, Nick Khan's job may have been to provide the data. Like, this right. is what you got. This is where you could be. If you want to reach this goal, this is the number you need to be at. And Vince went, okay. And, and in his words on the Pat McAfee show, he cut the dead weight. My My point initially with that was just, this will not be the first time that creative had zero to 1% consultation with sudden cuts and management. It, right. we've, we've been through this before, even before, even when everything was on the up and up and it was just the old man public trade company five years ago, you know? So yeah. it's, so that's a real concern though. He doesn't even have to take back over control of creative to still affect creative. Because, like I said, right. Triple H has got a lot of plates spinning in the air See, right now and a lot that's... of good stuff going on. But Vince could walk into his office tomorrow and say, okay, you need to get rid of Bronson Reed, Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano, the girl with the pink hair. Um, you know, this one's got to go, that one's got to go. And it could be 50% of what Triple H currently has on TV in active angles. And Triple H is going to have to pivot. Look, on a and dime. that's going to be... That's going to be something that this fan base is just going to do. It's going to be like, oh, I didn't like that. Vince must have told Triple H to do it. No right. matter how much evidence there is against it, it's just going to happen. Right. So I don't care, number one. And number two, they finally did get sued by a shareholder today that said, you know, he's using his 81% power, you know, wrongly and all this good stuff. And now that that's in the atmosphere, if he does deviate from the things that got him back into this position 100% legally, by the way. If he deviates, now we're in trouble. So my, my sources, yeah, I've got sources. You guys heard that right. I've got sources. Oh, my geez. sources are telling me that this lawsuit's not going to bear any fruit. And that's exactly why, because he is going to be a good boy, and he's just going to be like, yeah, I'm here for the sale. Well, sure. and, and it's just I'm sure he's got a lot of lo an airtight legal alibi for this ac for this acquisition. Exactly. He's got a fleet of lawyers who went over this 10 ways from Sunday. Right. So when I do this, what's going to happen? Well, someone's probably going to sue you for this. So don't do this, this and this and do do this, this and this. Got they it. closed every window before he even sent the letter. Yep. They really did. And that's I, I Vince McMahon's not stupid, guys. He may be a crazy old man. He may be a dirty old man. He's not a stupid old man. He may be fucking evil incarnate, man. He's not dumb. Right. So, so I, I'm good on that segment, guys. You guys got anything more do you want to add there? Uh, no, it's just other, just got, we, we, we have to stop, you know, 
saying two plus two equals five, folks. Okay. Right. I mean, if, if, if you get, okay, if you got two plus two and you want it to be five, and it and it's supposed to be, if you look, if you're looking for two plus two to be five, you got to find the one to add to it. Okay. And if you don't have the one to add to it, then all you got is two plus two, and that equals four. Okay. Um, we got to stop trying to make two plus two equal five, folks. Yep. Yep. That's it. All right. Well, I think we can get one into one last little piece of business here. Let's let's talk some graps, man. This is the Underpants Fighting Podcast. Yes. And we need to talk some underpants fighting. We don't, as we've said for the last hour and a half, we do not know what goes on in those board meetings. We and this podcast has certainly never positioned itself as a news podcast. We speculate on what we know. We give you opinions on what we know. But the meat and potatoes of this show is talking about what happens on the TV because we, why? Watch the show. Okay. And one of the latest things that it appears they're going to be doing, we have talked at great length about how we feel about WWE unifying the world championship and the universal championship One of the things that Rob keeps wrapping back around to, he thinks it's more detrimental to the company that they unified the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This past Monday, it looks like they may be starting to diverge from that a little bit because they had, you know, a segment where the winner, and Rob, I'll let you take over from here. Okay, so they had a tag team turmoil match in the main event of Raw this past Monday, and it was announced repeatedly that the winner was going to get a title shot at the Raw tag team titles, not the unified tag team titles. Yeah, they said Raw tag team titles. And they said it several times, so it wasn't like somebody messed up on commentary once, okay? Right. And at the end of the show, they had a little face-off with the Usos and Judgment Day, and they held up the red Raw tag team titles. They did not hold up both of them, okay? So it is, this is a thing basically now don't know how they're going to get there. Now, maybe, you know, it's quite possible that maybe they're just going to start out with having the Usos defend one or the other, you know, and then, you know, and then, then that way I see where this is going. Well, somebody's going to beat them from one of them. Yeah. But I mean, well, I see where this is going because Adam Pierce is starting to push back against the bloodline. He's like enough. I got to start finding some people who can beat the shit out of these guys. We got to start fighting back. We got, I got to get control of my show again. You know what I would do in real life if I was the management there? You're in the spin cycle, boys. You're defending Raw titles on Monday, and you're defending SmackDown titles on Friday, and we're going to do that for a couple of weeks, and we're yeah. going to beat it out of you. I like, again, we've talked, and again, kind of deviating here a little bit, we've talked about the stuff that Triple H has done with the undercard and the little things and the stuff. I love the character development from, of all people, Adam Pierce. Like, yeah. Adam Pierce is a guy I knew nothing about. I know he's a former NWA world champion. I know he's done some, he's, he was a fine worker in his day, from what I understand. Um, but he has turned into such a presence on screen, and he's never set foot in a WWE ring as a competitor, at least in this, in That's this era. That's not true. That's not true. That match never happened. Did it? Did the bell not ring? That match never happened. And uh, well, the, the, I think the bell rang and didn't. That run match never happened. 
And, uh, and, you uh, stop. And he Adam, came out in his gear, but that match never happened. And, uh, by the way, Adam Pierce blocked me last year. For what? Uh, no, you know what? You did tell me. Remind me. I called him out on his corruption for forcing the then, <laughs> you know, uh, well, it, it wasn't it wasn't 14. It was, what, 12? Then? She had just won the title the night before, and he forced her to defend the title on TV, and that damn superhero lady cashed in the briefcase. Uh, and I the called one out. thing that Rob is still bitter about, I he gets called, blocked by Adam Pierce for a kayfabe comment. That makes me brilliant. I have so much respect for Adam Pierce for doing that. For blocking Rob. I called him out. <laughs> Let me put Adam Pierce over right now for blocking Rob over a kayfabe comment because Rob's queen got her ass whipped by the super the damn superhero lady. All I have to say to that is <laughs> <laughs> me, damn it! Okay. It's I, still real to me. I called him out for his corruption as a WWE official, and he blocked me on Twitter. Okay. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> okay. To, to Rob and Adam, I, I do remember this now, and uh, Rob was very much tongue-in-cheek, you corrupt, you blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if you it from, from a hole in the wall, you know Rob is kayfabe. Now that you jogged my memory, I do remember you telling us that. And he, blocked, he blocked me for blocked, it. Blocked your ass. That is awesome. Yeah. But, That's um, hilarious. But yeah, um, so look, I've said that it is a... Um, that it's more stifling to tag, because tag team wrestling is much more title dependent. Yeah, yeah, you can, yes. You can, count on, you can count on one hand the number of in history, the number of great tag team feuds that did not involve somebody's tag team championship. Okay. Um, feuds and matches. And the best ones are usually for the title. I mean, because that's just, I mean, like, you know, look, there are plenty of blood feuds and singles competition or whatever, or faction warfare or whatever, but tag team feuds, again, good luck finding more than one or two in history that did not revolve around a title. And the only, the only one I can think of, and I wouldn't even call this a great feud. It was fine. was when you had the, the midnight expresses, you know, the, the original midnight express and then, and then against, you know, Eaton and Stan Lane and the NWA. Yeah. Um, that's the only one I can think of. There was a major feud that had no title involved whatsoever. Um, they just don't happen like that. And tag team wrestling is just, more dependent on having a title involved, and even if, if two f- teams that don't have are not if two teams that aren't feuding over the title, they're feuding over the right to move up the ladder and fight for the title. Um, it's just it's necessary. It is far more necessary. And then so to have the Usos in this situation where we know they're not going to lose until it's a special time in the story for them to lose, and then because of that, basically. Your whole tag team division has been on the spin cycle, basically. Yeah. Um, where when they fight each other, it's pointless, and then when they fight the Usos, they're going to lose. Um, it's been it's been like that for like a year now, and so to do this, at least now, there's more there's more incentive for the you know, the Raw teams to fight or the SmackDown teams to fight each other now that now, you, right? There's there's more incentive added in there. And now that they're defending both titles, yeah, I mean, we know it's going to eventually lead to them losing one of them. 
So now right. there's there's some more there's some intrigue now as to just who it is that's going to get to do it. You know, because because yeah. I mean because you know we've all kind of fantasy booked you know Kevin and Sammy to beat them at WrestleMania, um, but now you know somebody else could beat them for the Raw taking titles or what a swerve that would be if Judgment Day did it. And and this is another good thing about that because you know I think last year we were saying that. You know what's what's Judgment Day actually fighting for? They're just there to what to cause trouble and and beat beat up Edge and beat up Rey Mysterio. Right. Uh, eventually, um, there had to be a focus. Yeah, they need they need to be fighting for something, and so here that they, they are going to here here we go. They're gonna they they got a chance to fight for something now, and maybe they win because yeah. I mean because I mean we're looking at you know Finn Balor and Damian Priest. I mean yes, we're not. Or, or well, possibly because possibly. But if it's them, yes, they can step right in the ring tomorrow, and you can believe they will beat Jimmy and Jay. It'll be them, and they'll treat the whole situation like early New Day. Or It'll be because like Xavier Woods was kind of the cheerleader for New Day, and E and Kofi did a lot of the heavy lifting in the early days. I would imagine if they do that, it'll be a similar situation with Judgment Day. Well, the story, I mean, the story is that, I mean... Uh, well, they they freebirded it Monday through the, through the gauntlet right. to the turmoil Finn match. Got injured. Finn got injured halfway through the mat, through the turmoil match, and Pierce was basically like, all right, either Dom's in or you guys are out. And so Dom went in. Dom went so in. So that, it makes me wonder what the title situation will be if t- Finn will... St- and I'm sorry, by the way, Finn just sitting in that corner, sitting in that chair for like 20 minutes during the match and just go, like, seriously doing the Peter Griffin skinned his knee thing. Just like, ah! Ah! I, I gotta say, ah! for something that six months ago we all shit on, this Judgment Day, and I was really, I got it when Edge was in control of Judgment Day. Like, okay, I can see this. When Finn took over, Finn hadn't done shit in over a year. Not not anything real substantial, other than you know his NXT run was fine. We've abandoned all but abandoned the demon. What does Finn have? I tell you what, in the last three months, Finn's a damn fine. We say leader, although I don't think there's a true leader because each part of that faction has their strengths. Right. So, but if we had to look at like the veteran of the group as the leader, Finn, Finn is transitioned into that role amazingly well. Finn is, while he is probably not the leader, he is definitely the field commander. Yes. Yeah. He is the quarterback. Yeah. You know? Which is kind of what he was in the Bullet Club, basically. Right. Uh, yeah. He yeah. wasn't the actual leader. It was him and Carl, and, you know, they were a group, but he was the quarterback. Yeah. And, uh, so I think this is good for them. Um, if they do win this thing, then, you know, I mean, they could freebird it with Dominic. And who knows? I mean, it'd be really cool if they actually you know, had Rhea do a, a couple of matches as, you know, half of the tag team champions, right? Because, I'd be okay with that. Well, I mean, because, I mean, uh, it at least looks like they're, you know, that they might do the full, you know, China thing with Rhea. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it'll be really interesting. I guess now the only like, the only drawback to doing that is, and this is going to sound sexist, I know, but um, when she 
when she goes from fighting dudes and then now you want her to sell for like Alexa Bliss, right? I mean, right. That's gonna be a little, eh, you know. I mean, eh, cross that bridge when you come to it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, they, and that was one thing that they did right with China because China would go and have a match with Jeff Jarrett. But when she went later, and, and this is not a knock on Ivory because she's one of the goats of the of that era, she squashed Ivory. Yes, yeah, she, she, yeah. Like, absolutely right. squashed her, and she should have. Yeah. You know? At that point when she was having matches with Jared right. and stuff yeah. like that. Right. Yeah, unfortunately. And, but I think it's going to be fun, at least. Look, it's going to be fun to see her mix it up with guys because, I mean, she definitely can. Uh, yeah. And so if they if they kind of start the process by having her, you know, get in some of these, t- if 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 Judgment Day wins the tag team titles, that is, you know, um, having her get in there and, you know, do a few matches as part of the team. Uh, that I think that's a good thing. And I think overall it's a good thing to to have, you know, split up the tag team titles. Yes, because, yeah, again, it's. You can have, you know, Drew McIntyre feud with Sheamus or something right? Like that. Like, you can do that, right? And not and not have it be for a title. But there's, like, if if you... The Street Profits and the Alpha Academy, as much as we love those guys, as much great as, you know, they're, and all of that, if they're fighting over nothing, if they spend six months fighting over nothing... Yeah. Then that... I mean, it's not the same, right? No, I mean, Drew, You know, Drew and Sheamus can beat the shit out of each other for six months, and we'll be fine with it, Right. Um, but, um, but having two tag teams do that, it gets pointless and people tune out and it just, it's just like, you know, well, to, to put that into perspective, we drew and Seamus or not drew Seamus and Cesaro had a best of seven series that people moaned and groaned about. When did they suddenly become excited in it? When they become tag team champions. Right. Exactly. You know, that, that's what put them over was being tagged when they finally had something to work for other than, hey, let's just beat the crap out of each other every week. You know? Right. So, all right. Well, we got anything else to, to finish this segment out on before we call the go-home? Uh, I was just going to say that this that this could be a vehicle for, I could, see, I could absolutely see Damien and Finn take it off the Usos. And then one thing leads to another, and Ray and Dom take it off Finn and uh, Priest. I mean, later on this year, uh, when yeah, after Ray beats some sense into his kid finally. Yeah, he's got yeah. he's got to beat the he's got to beat well, the punk out of him. And after uh, oh my gosh, why why am I forgetting Ray's finisher? Oh, the the riptide. The riptide. Riptide. Jesus. But anyway, when when she does the riptide to Dom and kicks him out of Judgment Day, that's gonna be a beautiful moment. All right. Before we call the go home, I want to make one little mention here. I don't know if you guys were aware of this. Um, almost exactly <laughs> oh, two, sorry. almost exactly two years ago, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, as you know it today, started its journey. Rob and I had been doing this for several months. In January, uh, January fifth to be exact, of twenty twenty one, Jason came on board to give it a try. Let me try this thing out. I've been talking to you guys for a while. I like you guys. Let me see if I let me, let me dip my toes in the water and see what I think. On January 13th of 2021, Jason became a full-time member of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and we have been off to the races since, and it has been one hell of an awesome ride. Like, it, it really has, and we have almost, 
almost without fail delivered a show every week since then. There's been like one or two times where Jason's had obligations, Rob's had obligations. I went on vacation where we've missed, but we've come back and made it up on the back end. One of our greatest episodes didn't involve you at all, sir. You're right. You're right. I was out for a week. And my my boys held the, the held the fort down, delivered an awesome episode, even delivered the tagline at the end of the episode, and and just yeah, so it, always in good hands here. Even if one of the three of us isn't here, the show the show goes on. We we without fail, we have been tireless in trying to deliver to you folks a good podcast episode, not a news podcast episode, not something where you're going to get a lot of information, but just honest, hard hitting. With some facts and figures thrown in there, opinion from some people who just enjoy watching professional wrestling and who watch it largely for the reasons that you're supposed to. Uh, Again, as we've done, we thank Greg DeMarco about six months ago, asked us to join the ChairShot Network. That was a huge kind of uptick for us, gave us a, a broader audience, allowed us to reach more people, also allowed us to be part of a bigger network of podcasters. You know, some of us have done guest hosts on other people's shows. I've been on the DWI podcast a couple times, as has Rob. You know, we just, it's been an awesome ride. And it's been awesome to do this with you guys. It really had you, you guys, by meeting Jason and Rob. It's, this is, I could not think of two guys that, that, that I would want to saddle myself up to on, with on a regular basis. Listen, man, I, t- I tell people all the time, I have therapy on uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm in therapy right now, man. Yeah. So and this has been Thursdays cathartic the for me. With, with the pros. Um, but Wednesdays is my my uh, my therapy with my bros, as it were. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you guys for two awesome years. Hopefully we get two more years out of this. They haven't kicked us off the Chair Shot Radio Network yet. So I hope we're doing okay. Looking forward to... See what 2023 brings, man. Yeah, same here. And uh, man, it's it's been great. And like Jason, this is look. I mean, this is therapy for me also every week. Uh, even as I get, you know, cranky or whatever during the show, <laughs> um, it is. Um, it has been particularly look. I mean, through it's been a tough couple of years, you know. For me, you know, in a couple of different ways, uh, this has been a real help. And, you know, just from when we have serious conversations to when I, you know, get really silly about the 14 time women's champion here <laughs> and, you know, and or, you know, and just it's it's a good time. And, you know, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Happy for all y'all that listen to us. Um yeah, and then it, it's been great, and just you know, uh, you know, we gotta give hey, you gotta shout out Brooklyn. I you know, number one fan of the show. Well, and, and to Ike's credit, the meat and potatoes of this episode came from him. Yeah, because we uh, were in a, a group chat with him on Twitter this afternoon about the whole, um, I'll call it Saudi Gate incident. A, a lot of our bullet points came from Ike. So came from Ike. So, out. yeah, absolutely. To, Ike, thank you for providing content tonight. Yeah. Uh, not that it wasn't already there, but his perspective, again, gave us bullet points. Yeah. And um, yeah. to all of our, you know, our group chat friends, Maddie and Nicole who's, and uh, Jay 
and Jay, the eternal optimist about professional wrestling. Um, God bless him. We got to have Jay on here sometime, yeah, man. But, I know we keep talking about it. Bless him. We got to get him on here. Even look, when, when when we are at our most critical about this stuff, he is he's still the, the ray of bright sunshine to you know to keep us from going too far down in the doom and gloom land. Uh, to Maddie, who is the conscience of the show. Absolutely, that she's never yeah. been on a single episode, and trust me, she is the conscience that drives this machine a lot of times, whether she knows it or not. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. just when you know, when, when we, you know, when we, when we get a little bit too off the rails, or, or you know, or maybe say a little something we shouldn't have, which we've done. <laughs> Listen, which, hey, everybody <laughs> needs somebody to slap you upside the head. Everybody needs you somebody to sit you down and look you in the eye and say, "Hey, listen, Buster." Yeah, um, and so he we, does that for us, and it, oh, I am eternally grateful for that. Yes, and um, you know, to the captain of the ship, you know, Greg DeMarco for bringing us aboard. Um, to Ray, Ray was. Ray was the first one to invite me on to do a chair shot radio show a few years ago. Uh, Ray has become a good friend, even though we've never met, even though, and even though look, we, when we get here and argue, uh, you know, about stuff, we're having fun. It's not serious folks, but to Ray, to, uh, PC Tunney, to, uh, Steven, who we need to have back on here, who is yeah. a pretty knowledgeable guy about TV and media stuff. Um, AJ Belaz, we had AJ on yeah. here a couple times. Yeah, I don't know uh, if we mentioned our favorite Bezos bot, Jace. We love you, buddy. Yes. We yeah. got to have him on again. Jace, yeah. we need to. Jace, Jace is like you. He's kind of a retail worker. He, he works for. Uh, yeah, you you mentioned it, and so the, the holidays were a busy time for that pal. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe when things slow down, we get Jace back on here. Also, and again, great perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and. You know, Nick, who we've had on once. Uh, just, you know, um, everybody who's been on here, everybody who's listened to us, uh, everybody who's interacted with us, we, we thank you. This, this show does not succeed without all of you guys, you know, listeners, guests, you know, what have you. Um, so thank all of you for, you know, two years of doing this. And again, we're going to we're going to keep training and stopping. And we're going to keep we're going to keep rolling. Yep, gonna gonna keep it going until they tell us not to. Also, can we just do one last fact? Since it is the the anniversary, like, and it's just kind of a nice time to reflect and think back. But it's also just time to look at right now, fellas. Just for anybody who's been listening to this podcast, we are being fed by the current WWE. The WWE champion and Universal champion is Roman by God reigns. The WWE Tag Team Champions are Dakota Kai and Io Sky, who all three of us have popped for and love. Uh, United States Champion Austin Theory, which is a hilarious topic that we've had. Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair. Nothing else. This show does not need to put over how much we love Bianca Belair anymore. Obviously, the WWE SmackDown 14-time Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. Woo! And uh, our, our favorites... The Raw Tag Team Champions and the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos. We're just in a really good spot. We are. This is a good possible. This is, this is a good God, place I'm for the podcast. Hang on. I do not want my chest caved in. And please let us also acknowledge the wonderful intercontinental champion, Gunta. Yes. I like my ribs where they are. Absolutely. Yes. I Yeah. 
All right, everybody. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can, again, find us streaming on thechairshot.com and all places that you listen to your podcasts. I am the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here till next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.